Welcome to the Wild Grand Rapids message of the week. We hope you're encouraged, strengthened, and experienced the presence of God through this message by Apostle Kathy L. Ali. All right. Today is a new day. Today, I will be transformed the power of God by the presence of God and by the word of God to never be the same in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You can be seated. Wow. I got emotional up here this morning. It's just such a good feeling to be back in this facility. And to have the sound. I mean, it was, wasn't it amazing? It's such a difference. It really does make a difference. Although I do remember um, thinking that uh, when I was out traveling, and I used to do a lot of itinerant ministry, and I was at a church, and I remember thinking, wow, there's no way God's going to show up here, because <laughs> this music is awful. And <laughs> just being honest, and I thought, you know, I could definitely do better at singing than what they were doing at that point in time. And then guess what? God showed up. And uh, so I learned from the experience of, like, be careful. Don't be judging because it's about people's hearts. And that's the most important thing. We all come from different backgrounds. We all come from a different walk of life. And uh, we all have our own journey. Then we need to embrace each other's journey. Amen? I am excited about this um, season. Um, just, oof. I'm just going to drink water. It's really dusty in here. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. Just watching everybody come together, um, I want to thank, there's a lot of tension that takes place when you're trying to put everything together in the morning, and I came downstairs and saw some of the tension. (laughs) So thank you, everybody, uh, for giving each other grace and um, knowing that this isn't easy. Um, They've got it hooked up once now, so hopefully now from here on out, it'll start going more smoothly, but... This is not all easy, and they did this every single week for months. And uh, so I just wanted to give them a hand clap, if you would, please. And then give yourselves a hand clap for moving all the stuff over from the gym to here. That was a lot of work. And if you didn't notice um, upstairs, but you know how much um, I liked those uh, lovely stained glass windows that had those just wonderful little uh, things on them. I'm not sure what they were. Uh, Pictures of some sort. And uh, in the hallway, all of those have been removed. And now there's um, some kind of wood on it. I don't know all the terminology. Um, What is it? Woodworks. Yeah, wood. Woodworks. And... um, (laughs) And it'll happen on the other side as well. But Ralph led that with Kurt, Paul, and John. So could you give them a hand clap, please? It's amazing. Sorry, I need my glasses. I forgot. Um, There's my wallet. Don't take anything out of it. It's not much in there. (laughs) All right. All of that to say thank you. And thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus, for getting us to the place where we're at right now. And, um, 
you know, why do we want to be here? Why is this important? Because I believe, because some people are like, well, what, why make such a big deal out of a facility? I'm not making a big deal out of a facility. I am making a big deal out of people. And there's something about hosting people in one space. And I've watched you guys, like, with community. When you all come together and you get to fellowship with one another, you get to sharpen, you know, it's like you sharpen each other. And uh, that's important. And it's how we grow in relationship with Jesus, and it's how we grow in relationship with each other. So um, this is a big deal. Continue to reach out to the people that are around you. When we were doing declarations, one of the things that just makes my heart um, sing is to see people come to Jesus. I don't know about you. I have not seen enough people come to Jesus. It's, and we think that, we just assume that people know who Jesus is, but they can know who Jesus is. It's a difference between knowing who he is and having a relationship with him. And so we have the awesome opportunity everywhere we go to shine the light. That's why it matters how we act and the things that we do and the things that we say and what we stand for. You know, if you're in business, you have to have strong morals and values as a businesswoman or a businessman so that you can actually demonstrate what it looks like um, to display the kingdom of God. And if you're a stay-at-home mother or father, you know, do it to the best of your ability with Jesus um, giving you the strength that you need so that you can stand out from the rest. So people are looking at you going, how come your kids are acting the way that they're acting and mine are crazy? Well, because you're training them up in the way they should go. Does that make sense? There's so many opportunities. Um, all right, so, you know what, sometimes, though, my granddaughters are pretty crazy. <laughs> Nix that one, just forget it. Don't, don't use that as a bar. <laughs> um, so our new series is He is Risen. And I want to start out um, really probably first just sharing a testimony. Yesterday I was sitting, I was preparing uh, for today, and as I was thinking about what it would have been like for Jesus uh, with his disciples and what they would have been thinking as he's sharing with them what's going to be coming up ahead and how they didn't really fully understand what he was saying. And yet there was a part of them that kind of must have wondered something, right? And um, there was still a knowing of at some point in time he's no longer going to be with us. Whether they really understood that he was going to die and be raised from the dead, that doesn't matter. The fact is that they knew that somehow he was not going to be with them, whether he was leaving or whatever. And they had grown in relationship and honored him and loved him and served him and left everything for him. And I started thinking about my mom. Ooh. She, ooh, she passed um, just over a year ago. And um, I remember thinking, of those days that led up to her going to see Jesus. And I remember, because um, she went into hospice, so I knew, you know, and so I remember talking to her on the phone, and, and she said to me, now, now, Kathy, do you think that that means I'm dying? <laughs> and I said, oh, Mom, not necessarily. I said, I think they're just trying to make you comfortable. And so we had this conversation, and then she started sharing things with me. Whew. But I just want you to hear the heart of Jesus, what it, what it would have felt like. She started sharing things with me about she and dad and their marriage. And I mean, they were married like 68 years or something like that, a really, really long time. She got married and she was 16. And I hung on to like every single word that she was saying because I knew 
that I wasn't going to hear her very much longer. So when you think about Jesus with his disciples, and he's speaking to them, and they know that something's happening, something's changing, something's shifting. Their heart would have been so knitted to every word that he was saying, just like mine was to my mom. So I played this video that someone had made of my mom in my old childhood home. And um, just her voice in the background and being with families, just like a two or three minute video. And I watched that and I heard my mom at the end, she was talking to Pastor Matthew via FaceTime. Thank God for FaceTime. And she said, okay, love you, Matthew. That's how she used to talk. She, she had like this little Southern accent. And she'd say, bye. <laughs> and then on the bottom it says, bye for now until we see you again. And that's how it was for Jesus. It's like, bye for now until I see you again. So I want you to keep that in mind as we go through these scriptures of what the disciples would have been feeling and how they would have been listening to every word that was coming out of his mouth. So let's start with John chapter 14, verse 15. It says, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So they're listening to Jesus, and he's talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. And literally, that word helper um, comes from uh, paraclete, and it literally means um, help, like to come alongside, comforter. And um, another, it also means another in like. Like it says, I'll send you another just like me. And so they're listening to Jesus and they're like, who, they, can you imagine that they don't understand who is this Holy Spirit? Who is this helper? I mean, there's, there's no concept. There's, there's, no, they don't, there's no measure to understand at this point in time. And so I want us to think about and talk about Holy Spirit this morning because he's the third person of the Trinity that often we forget about. And even us, as people who have studied the word, who understand that there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we often address the Father, we often address the Son, but we don't address Holy Spirit. And he is just as God as Jesus, just as God as the Father. And he was at the very beginning. It was in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, and it says that he was hovering over the face of the earth hovering over the waters, so waiting for the word to be spoken. And if you look up what, what that um, hovering, what it actually means, it means the breath of God. And so the breath of God, he was the, he was the life of God. He was the breath of God. He was, the word was spoken. He's the one that manifested it. 
And so when we look at what Jesus is saying to his disciples, he's saying, look, I may be leaving, but I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I'm sending you the person, the presence of the Holy Spirit. And he's not just going to come upon you, but he's going to abide in you. And he's going to seal you with redemption, that you're going to know that you know that you know that you're mine. And there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. You're sealed. If you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, then the Holy Spirit is your seal. It's like he's, he's, he's in you. God sees you. He knows that you're his child. Isn't that amazing? It's so good. It says, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So he dwelt with them. He was around them. But when Jesus went to be with the Father, the Holy Spirit came and dwelt within believers. It's an amazing thing, if you ask me. Let's go to verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. For you have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said, I am going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you, before it comes, and when it does come to pass, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and the Father gave me commandment, so do I. Arise, let us go from here. Now turn with me to John chapter 15, verse 26. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. Now I'm going to go to 16, verse 5. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But, you, but because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of judgment of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because of the ruler of the world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you. Literally, it means he will teach you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you of things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of all that is mine, and he will declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. So we look at the person of the Holy Spirit. Here he is, and Jesus is telling his disciples during the last days that he has on earth, 
as he's sharing with them that, hey, I'm going to go away. I'm no longer going to be with you. I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I'm going to come to you, but I'm going to come to you in a different form. And that is in the person and the presence of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit comes and abides within us, but he also teaches us. One of the powerful things about him is that he'll teach you. I don't know. I, I remember when I first got saved. I don't know what your, your experience was, but... I grew up in a church that I didn't know salvation was a thing. Like, I didn't know. I just, I went to church. I was, it was never told to me that I needed to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I, I went because it was Sunday, and sometimes we didn't go on Sundays, but if it was a holiday, we were definitely there. And that's what my upbringing was. So I didn't understand. I'd never had a relationship with God. I wasn't sure that he was real. Um, I often thought that if hell was real, I was living in it because my life was just so kind of hard. And so I, that's what I thought. I thought, yeah, I believe there is hell and this is it. Um, but when I discovered Jesus, my whole life was changed and transformed. And I remember grabbing my Bible. And it was a, a Bible that my grandmother gave me on my uh, confirmation when I was 13 years old. And I didn't even, I don't know how it ever like always wound up with me, but it did. It, wherever I went, there it was. And so I had moved so many times by then, and yet there it was. So I remember grabbing it because um, I had just given my life over to the Lord, and um, I felt so different, so different. Like it was, I was radically saved. I mean, I went from drinking a lot and, and, and smoking and doing all the things that I was doing, not saying if you're doing, I'm, I'm saying a lot in excess, um, abuse, um, to I didn't want anything to do with any of that. I literally was like a flip of a switch. I just received Jesus Christ. My whole life is transformed. My eyes are opened. Everything is, is bright. And, and what's happening is Holy Spirit's coming is inside of me, and he's beginning to teach me things. And so I would open up the scriptures. I, they never made any sense to me before. I would read, and I'd be like, I don't get any of this. And so I just close it up, put it back up on the shelf. This time, I opened up the word, and I read it, and I began to cry. I thought, I get it. I didn't know why I got it until someone started teaching me, but I got it. And I would, I would go to the Psalms, and I'm like, wow, his life was hard, too. <laughs> it wasn't just my life. And the father, he loved him and loves him, and he loves me, and I knew I wasn't perfect. And the whole thing and the revelation of God's love for me just was like so much for me to even handle. But the Holy Spirit, one of the things he does is he's our teacher. So when you're reading the word, you're studying the word, you're going through life, he knows everything. When we're in a hard place and we don't know what to do, stop. We can be so secular in our thinking that we grab the next self-help book, the, the next, like, you know, how to become a better whatever, you know, professional whatever you're wanting to be, and to master at this, and I love all of that, and I've got piles of them in my, in my living room. But stop. Let's remember, we are spirit beings as much as we are physical beings. And Holy Spirit does live within us. And Holy Spirit does want to teach us. And sometimes I'm wondering how many times I grieve him because I ignore him. Because it says that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. So how much do we grieve him because we don't even acknowledge his existence? But I'll pray to Jesus and I'll pray to the Father in Jesus' name. But Holy Spirit, I don't know where to put him. So I'm just going to put him over here. Because I don't know what do you do with him. 
You can talk to him. You can ask him to teach you, and he will teach you. How many of you have ever felt so heavy and so oppressed? How many of you have ever felt like that before? Well, that comes from the enemy. So if we can feel from the enemy, I think we can feel from the presence of God. Again, but what does that take? Intentionality. Like anything in life that you want to be successful at, that you want to be better at, it takes intentionality. It takes study. It takes time. It takes effort. How do I develop my relationship with sis here? How do I develop that? If I don't ever see her, I never spend time with her, and we never go out to dinner, we never do anything together, we never text, we, never, we don't have a relationship. I just know her. But how do I develop that if I actually want her to know me and I really want to get to know her and do life with her? I have to spend time with her. It's the same thing. Holy Spirit wants you and wants me to know him. It takes intentionality to stop and to slow down and to say, you know what? Right now, I am feeling really, really miserable. I'm hurt. Someone did something to me. They hurt me. They said something that I didn't, th I didn't agree with. Holy Spirit is also your comforter. So you ask, Holy Spirit, come and comfort me. We can go to something else. We can numb our feelings and our emotions with other things. Some people shop. They're like, you know what? I feel horrible. I'm going to go spend $1,000 I don't have. It's true. Or you know what? I feel horrible. I'm going to go pop open that, um, I don't know, wine bottle or whatever your thing is. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's those things that you go to to numb yourself instead of actually addressing the issue. Remember, you have to feel the pain to heal the pain. And Holy Spirit is there to help you feel the pain and walk you through it. So he's our comforter. He's our advocate. He's our standby. He's our teacher. He will take everything that the Lord has spoken to you and bring it back to your remembrance over and over and over again. It's one of his jobs. It's his duty. It's who he is. And he wants to do that. He longs to do that. 2 Corinthians 1.22 It's really, really quiet in here. It's so different than being in the gym. I mean, you could hear all this stuff going on. And it's like so, the lights are so low, you guys look really sleepy. <laughs> yeah, we should probably turn the lights up because I don't know about you, but I'm even starting to go like. Yeah, we should probably turn them up a little bit. It's a little early for everyone. Oh, it's the chairs. We're getting rid of these chairs. Back to the hard seats. Where are the hard seats? Aren't they nice? You could just sit for hours, couldn't you? <laughs> now, for those of you who did not buy a chair, we have some hard. <laughs> Sorry, we've been wanting to use that this whole time. So, <laughs> She bought a dozen chairs. Well, you can just spread right out then. <laughs> she has a row of chairs. Second Corinthians one twenty two. 
I touched on this earlier. Let me go to uh, uh, 21. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who has also sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Um, when you, like I was talking to you earlier, like when you get saved, when you come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, Holy Spirit comes, he abides within you. I'm not talking about the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to talk about that an another time. But I'm just talking about the person of the Holy Spirit, that he abides within us. He wants to have a relationship with us. He he's the seal of our redemption. It's one of the things that causes us to be a family. It's like, it's like, you're my sister, you're my brother. Everywhere you go, we have this one thing in common is that we have Holy Spirit that abides within us. And you ever notice how you know if somebody is saved or not? You can feel. It's like there's a sense. There's a knowing. It's like, hey, you're my brother. Hey, you're my sister. Anywhere in the whole world, we have family everywhere we go. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. But my challenge to you is that during this next week, until we meet again, Let's take time to actually recognize Holy Spirit and that he is real and he's the, as much God as Jesus and the Father. Ha take time to actually sit down, study, and see how much he's actually found in the scriptures. Take time to acknowledge him when you have need for help or you can worship him. He's God. See, our minds kind of go like, oh, we can do what? We can do what? Yeah, you can. You can talk to him, and he'll speak to you. When it says that my sheep know my voice and the voice of a stranger, they will not follow, that's God. That's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? So we're going to get to know the person of the Holy Spirit in a greater way. And we're going to, there's, it's funny. It's like when we feel like we're, um, oh, it's like where conviction comes from. And, and we're doing something we know we're not supposed to be doing. That's conviction. That conviction comes from the fact that we just grieved the Holy Spirit. We did something where the Holy Spirit's within us, and it's like, ugh, there's a grieving. It's not like he's disappointed, but it's, it is, well, kind of. It's kind of like, come on, you can do this. I can give you the strength. I can give you the grace. Because God's word is very clear about the fact that where we are weak, we are made strong. For his grace is made perfect, perfect, perfect in our weakness. Remember that whole story that I gave you guys about the, when I was packing up and I took that bubble wrap and wrapped it 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 around a very like um, fragile piece of, of glass. And I said that piece of glass was actually stronger than the pans I was just whipping in the, in the boxes. That's what his grace is like. It's wrapping, 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 wrapping you. You literally are stronger in area with his grace than you could ever be without it. Does that make sense? So we're going to actually address that. We're going to come and we're going to address who Holy Spirit is this week. We're going to slow down. Don't think so secularly in our thinking. Don't go to the first self-help book. Don't go to you know, your, your Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever your social media um, platform is and look for that fix to make you feel better or look for that quote that somebody has, has put up. No, actually go to God first. All of those things are great, and they have their place. I love them. You'll see me post them. But just don't let it be your go-to. Let it be your go-second to, or third, or fourth. Does that make sense? And that we actually do put Holy Spirit in his rightful place so that he's not grieved, because so he's not over here somewhere, because we don't know what to do with him when he's as much God as the Father and the Son. Amen? 
Okay, let's go ahead and prepare um, to receive communion. I wanted to do this at the end because I wanted us to focus on the words of Jesus. I don't know, like, lately it's like when you, I was, I forget what morning it was. It may have been Saturday morning. It may have been a different morning. I don't remember. But I was reflecting on, um, on my salvation. And every once in a while I get pensive and I think about, wow, like I'm so grateful. I remember what it was like to go through hard times and not have anyone to go to. Like, we forget sometimes. Like, we didn't have, I didn't have anyone to go to. Like, I could go to a person, but that's only so good. But now, I go through a hard time, I have someone to go to. And I can always know that I know that I know that I know that he will never leave me, he will never forsake me. And I'm sealed with redemption, and that no matter what, I am saved, I'm redeemed, I'm, eternity is my home, amen? It's awesome. And so many people don't know that, and they need to know that. And we get the opportunity to share that with them. Okay, let's go to Matthew. Twenty-six. This was Jesus. He was um, just had the Last Supper with his disciples, and this was right after. Um, Judas is grabbing, you know, the bread, and he's dipping it. And uh, Jesus is saying that he's the one who's betraying him, is going to be the one that's dipping the bread. And, he go, and um, Judas says, uh, Rabbi, is it I? And he looks at him and says, you have said well. And I think we read that, and we think, well, yeah, you know, obviously he had to betray him, and so we just think it's not a big deal. But no, it is a big deal because this was someone who Jesus loved. You know, you have to remember that he had feelings, that he walked this earth like, like us, yet he had no sin. But he felt all the things that we feel. And so here would have been like somebody like, this would have been like Matthew, um, who's very close. They were very close. We're very close. And all of a sudden, he betrays me. That hurt. That would hurt. And that hurt Jesus' heart. And he's sitting with his disciples knowing that that one man right there is going to be the one that brings him to his death. Sure, he knew he had to die, right? We, we understand that he knew that he was going to have to suffer. But I, I can't imagine for a moment that he wanted to do it. He had to do it. He asked the Father, if it's possible, can this cup be taken away from me? Can I pass this cup? But he had to do it. And when I think about that, and I think about the person that was close to him, his 12 disciples, and he knows, he knows that Peter is going to deny him. And, and Peter's like, oh, I would never do that. He goes, no, you're actually going to do it not once, not twice, but three times you're going to deny me. And Judas, you're going to go ahead, you're going to sell me off. I have poured my life into you. I told you all the secrets of the kingdom. Those, the, the secrets that you could handle for right now. And later, when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to teach you things that you cannot even understand right now. Because it will be too much for you. 
And so he's poured out his whole life into these disciples and knows that one's going to betray him. Remember that. When, you're, when we're taking this communion, we've all done that. There's not one of us in here that have not in some measure disappointed, grieved, betrayed. It might be a hard word, but maybe. Where we've just kind of walked away, did our own thing, didn't even acknowledge him, didn't even ask him for direction. And yet he says these words. And as they were eating, verse 26, Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. So as we do this, let's remember the words of Jesus. These are some of his last words before he went to the cross. This is known as the passion of Christ. Thank you for what you've done, Jesus, for all the stripes that you took upon your back, for all the pain. And they weren't just cute little pretty stripes. You would have been unrecognizable. And we thank you, God, for sending Jesus. Let's partake. Then he took the cup. He gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you, including you, Judas, the one that's about to betray me, Peter, the one that's going to deny me, others of you who will walk away. Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. So as we take this, let's examine our hearts. If we have any judgment in our heart toward anyone, whether it be a brother or sister in Christ, a mother or father, a friend, a a co-worker, a stranger down the street, somebody in your neighborhood that you just don't like, whatever it is, let's just take a moment to examine our heart. Holy Spirit, you're the revealer of truth. You're the spirit of truth. And first and foremost, we ask for your forgiveness for any areas that we have grieved you, sins of omission or commission. We thank you for examining our hearts, shining the light, so that we can make course corrections in our life where we need to. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for always being with us, for being our comforter, for advocating for us, for standing up on the inside of us, for teaching us and guiding us into all truth in this life. We're so grateful, and I thank you now for forgiving our sins and taking them away as far as the east is from the west. So far have you taken our sin from us. Go ahead. Let's give God a hand clap. Oh, that was weak. Give him a big one.
so amazing. So what are we going to do this week? We are going to stop. We're going to listen. We're going to take time to get to know Holy Spirit in a deeper level, deeper way. He wants to reveal himself to us. Um, he's with us anyway, everywhere we go, so we might as well acknowledge his presence and get to know him better. Uh, we will be... Um, we have two more um, parts to this series, but we are going to be teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit as well, so that'll be fun. And uh, we're just excited about what God's doing in this season. There's such a momentum that we feel as a leadership team, and uh, just even myself personally, of a lot of things that are even going on in my life personally, um, that God's just adding, 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 adding. And it brings completeness, it brings joy, it brings more purpose and fulfillment. And I think that's a good thing. How about you guys? Yes. All right. Stand to your feet. I'm going to pray over you and then Pastor Matthew will close. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for um, just the simplicity of your word, the simplicity of the gospel that we try to overcomplicate so many times and that we get to walk with you and talk with you and that you love us and that we are your own. And today, as we go throughout our day, we'll re just, Holy Spirit, bring back to our remembrance the words of Christ and the things that he has spoken to us, that we could walk with you, not just for a few hours on a Sunday, but we would acknowledge your presence every day. Even though we live in this world, we're not of this world, and that we would have a consciousness of that, an awareness of that, as we go out through our week. We love you, we adore you, and we thank you for our salvation in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you were impacted by this message. For more information about The Well Grand Rapids, please visit our website at www.thewellgr.com.